where okay um that's awkward and i'm gonna have pete cut this part out (laughs) or use it as a cold open if he decides that he's mad at me (laughs) revenge of the cold open You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide and wonderful world of streaming adult rom-coms and teen cinema. I am your co-host, Martha Sullivan, uh, currently in transit, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host. I'm Maren Higman, adult services librarian and rom-com and romance novel enthusiast. I am also a library services manager and enthusiast. (laughs) about young adult literature my life marin (laughs) for our listeners at home i'm in the process of moving from the apartment that i've lived in for the last like seven or eight years uh, into a house that i just bought with my husband and it's very exciting but also we have a lot of stuff and (laughs) we have been in the process of moving for about three or four weeks now Uh, Because we are both doing this around our full-time jobs, and we didn't want to hire movers for all of our stuff, because that's expensive. (laughs) So yes, if I sound... If I sound a little harried, that's why. But, (laughs) very excited to be here talking about this movie with you, my friend. (laughs) Oh, well, I hope that this movie brought some... Serenity? de-stress to your moving process (laughs) oh we'll get into it oh boy okay (laughs) all right so we are here to talk about the 2022 amazon prime original book of love here is your big spoiler warning right at the top of this episode we are going to get into it so if you would like to watch this movie uh completely unspoiled please pause this episode go check it out and come on back so book of love was uh, written by Annalyn Cal, uh, E. Mayor, and David Quantic. It was directed by Annalyn Cal E. Mayor, and it stars Sam Claflin as Harry Copper, Veronica Eshigui as Maria Rodriguez, Fernando Becerril as Max Rodriguez, um, Horacio Garcia Rojas as Antonio, Lucy Punch as Jen Spencer. Uh, and a bunch of other people. Uh, Giovanni Florido as Miguel. Um, yeah, and then a, a wide variety of Mexican actors and actresses playing the colorful cast of characters. Uh, this is the story of novelist Henry Cop- Harry. Henry? Harry? Henry. Henry. <laughs> I said that and I knew it was right, and then I was like, wait. <laughs> Um, well, they do make novelist. a joke about Henry versus Harry. And that is what I started thinking of immediately, <laughs> yes. Uh, so Henry Copper is a novelist who has written one novel, which sucks, called The Serious Heart. Uh, and we are led to believe that this novel is very, very dry and pretty boring until Jen, his publisher, uh, calls him and says, Hey, guess what? You're number one on the bestsellers list in Mexico. We're sending you there for a book tour. And he's like, wait, what? Uh, And he gets to Mexico, meets Maria, who is his translator, and finds out that when she translated his book, she made it real spicy. 
So it has gotten to be the top of the charts in Mexico because she added all of the passion and spiciness that he deliberately left out because at the beginning of this movie, he thinks that love should be a very pure and chaste thing. And, you know, basically acts like somebody who has never had sex even once in his life, which is something we are going to circle back to. (laughs) Uh, So he and Maria embark on a book tour where he gets to meet all of his fans and pretend that he is the one that wrote this book. And while he's doing this, he's cranking up his social media presence Uh, He finds out that his tour in Mexico is so successful that they're retranslating his book and printing it again in the UK um, and also giving him a book deal for another book. Uh, And by the way, maybe write this one with Maria since she kind of knows what she's doing and we're not sure that you do. Uh, So then the two of them write a book together, uh, sort of. um, The chemistry between them bubbles over. Uh, they end up sleeping together. There is some misunderstandings with Maria's ex. Uh, Henry finishes the book without her. Gasp. Hmm. Scandal. Um, finishes it. Goes back to London. Uh, it is published to rave reviews. He returns to Mexico to do an interview. He and Maria and Maria's ex Antonio have a confrontation. Henry and Maria reconcile Everything is lovely and wonderful by the end of this movie. Did I leave anything out? I don't think so. So you had watched this movie before, correct? Yes. Yes. I... How was it, it watching a second time? Uh, well, I will be honest with you. I probably only end up watching two-thirds a second time. Uh, Fair enough. But... Yeah, what struck me about it the second go-around, well, a couple of things, I think. Um, I think this is a movie with three very clear acts. Um, And I think this is a rare movie where the middle act is much better than the beginning or end. Um, Which is the the section in which they are on the book tour. Um, So I think that the first time I watched this movie, I was like, oh, that was cute. Like... Seemed to drag a little bit, um, but the second time watching it, it was very clear to me that, like, there was a lot of chaff in the first and, like, third acts of this movie, and there's a pretty good movie in there in the middle. I agree completely. That actually is what struck me when I was watching it, was that I wanted there to be more of the book tour. Like I wanted to see them go to more places. I wanted to meet more of his fans. I kind of wanted there to be more of his, like having to reconcile the fact that nobody likes his book. They just like the book that Maria wrote. (laughs) Um, Well, but yeah, and I, I think, agree completely. And I think that's what makes the third act, which, like, on paper should work, because then, like, like theoretically, I think, like, in the writer's room, what they probably thought was, okay, we're going to throw these two together, and then, like, near the end, we're going to switch into them actually having to write this book together, and we're going to put them, you know, even closer together. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, the reality is is that 
I was never convinced that Maria needed him to write another book. And so I, that whole third section where they're writing together, I'm just like, you, the movie did not do the work to convince me that Henry needed to be there. Um, well, but I actually, I kind of think that that's the point. Yeah. And at least they like kind of call it out. Like, she has the moment, or she's talking to um, Miguel, the Mexican publisher, and he's like, why don't you like money when she's not immediately agreeing to do this book? And she's like, because I'm not going to get any of the credit. Like, I'm going to write this book, and it's going to be his name on the cover. Um, And then once the book is published, they both get equal billing. And then in his second tour in Mexico, Henry's like, nah, man, she wrote my like she wrote the book that you guys liked so i i'm not convinced that the movie thinks we should be convinced that he's necessary to the process yeah but i think in terms of making us believe that this is going to be something that like actually brings them together as a couple it just takes a lot of like, I, I, okay, I'll put it this way. I, I was not convinced that they needed to be stuck in a room together to make this happen. And it just, like, I think part of what worked so well about that middle, like, about the book tour portion, um, was we got to see Henry you know, realize, well, A, interact with a a very cast of characters. Although I do want to talk about the book fans. I'll put a pin in that. I have some thoughts there. But... We will circle back. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we, one, got to see lots of lovely scenery. I will say it did strike me on a second watch, like, how well shot this movie is. Um, And... Yeah, but... Yeah, towards the end, then it's just kind of like Henry's just there. And I think that it takes, like, all the momentum out of, like, me rooting for them as a couple. Because he's just kind of there. Yeah, at one point, Maria has a moment where she's like, all I do is take care of men. And I was like, yes, you are better than everyone else in this movie. Exactly. (laughs) Run. Whether it's, I think in the middle half, like, we got to see him bring, like, he brought something. Like, he, you know, we got to see him bring, like, there's that sweet scene with her son where he kind of, like, stepped in and tried to, you know, help. We got to see him, like, there was that fun scene where, like, he brought her tequila and they got to, like go explore you know so like in the he just had more to do in the second half and like it felt like him kind of going on this journey like there, like his character arc stopped two-thirds of the way through i kind of wanted him at some point to admit like oh i'm actually a bad author right and my highest and best purpose is to be Maria's stay-at-home house husband and take care of her <laughs> awesome kid. Exactly. Like, you needed, like, a mo- Have you ever seen Longshot? Not yet. Oh. It's on my list. Oh it's my on God. my list. It's so good. You need to see it. 
Um, it is on HBO Max now, so maybe we can technically Wonderful. cover it for the, for the podcast because it's so good. Um, okay, well, I will not spoil the last scene of Longshot then. Um, I appreciate it because okay. I it I am going to see this movie. Oh yeah, no problem. Um, anyway, but yeah, no, it just yeah the I I think the movie would have been better served by either a. Us, okay, here's what I think needed to happen. I think we needed way less of that first act of him, like, living his little miserable life in London and flying over. Like, that was dragged out. Um, and, yeah, I feel like in the third act, we, yeah, we needed to see him add something. Whether that is, like, oh, hey, I'm actually not going to fulfill my like literary dreams but i can help you you know like we needed to see some like because i feel like there was so much good character growth in that middle bit and it just got stunted mm-hmm. um well okay. and here, part of the problem and i'm about to make you mad okay i don't find Saf- sam claflin to be that compelling hmm I will say, I don't think this is his most compelling performance. I think he's a very attractive dude. Um, I don't think this rises to the level of, um, did you ever see Love, Rosie? I did not. I will just say, I will just put it out there that he is not my brand of attractive. I'm just, I'm not super into, like lean british man oh see i think he's very attractive um that's fair well and i understand that a lot of people do it's just not for me yeah i think he's very attractive i think that um if you ever do end up seeing uh love rosie um he is so much more compelling in that um in part because his character is not supposed to be this closed off Like, I think part of the problem is when you have a character that is supposed to be so buttoned up, you need an actor who can do something really subtle to make us understand that there is humanity and feeling underneath. Sure. Um, And I think that, yeah, a lot of this performance, he's just very, like, has, you know, a singular expression and isn't we don't see enough of that like inner workings happening yeah and i think that so i think like i I can understand where the movie makers were coming from to like have him be very buttoned up and kind of cold and awkward and contrasted with maria who's really warm and friendly and outgoing and like infuses his book with the sex appeal that everybody is looking for um but i think that because that was the effect that they wanted i never really bought the chemistry between the two of them like i did not care for their love scene hmm because i actually thought i actually thought that worked um And in fact, yeah, I think that sequence where they go to Carnival and, um, I actually- I will say, 
I liked the carnival scene. Like I was really into any scene that got Henry to loosen up a little bit. Like I right. liked the tequila scene. I liked the carnival scene. I just, when they, and part of this is because I do not believe that this character has ever once kissed anyone in his entire life. <laughs> so when they started making out, I was just like, nope, don't want it. Not into it. I don't like that. I'm watching it. I wish it was over. It just, it just did not, it just did not do it for me. Interesting. Okay. And see, I think that sequence, I think that sequence did work. Um, I think what works about it for me is I think there was a sweet little moment there in that carnival scene where they run into her ex and he, I wouldn't say like, he doesn't like defend her or anything, but he's just like there as like a positive presence. Um, and I think for me, that was a nice, there was a nice culmination there of you can see like, yes, he needs to like loosen up. And you could also see why she would be drawn, you know, having, like, you can kind of see her longing for somebody to, like, appreciate her and take care of her a little bit. Um, oh, absolutely. And you I just see, don't know. Yeah. I don't know that the movie convinced me that that person was Henry. Well, and I think, though, that, like, I think we needed more moments of him, like, just being kind and around and, like, hey, like, I think you're pretty great. Because um, I, I think that, um, for me, that why it worked is we did have that little moment right beforehand where, you know, her ex was being really rude and... Again, not that he, like, defended her honor or anything, but he was just kind of there and, like, hey, okay, you know, like. Yeah. Offered a positive presence. Um, and, and in that way supported her. But, yeah, I think we did need more of him, like, taking care of things for her. Yeah, like, even a scene after they stay up all night drinking tequila where he, like, brings her a glass of water and right. some eggs in the morning. Like, how cute would that have been if yeah. he brought her, like, little hangover breakfast? Yeah, or even, like, if, you know, while they're sleeping on the couch, they could have had a little moment where he, like, sneaks up and, like, makes her coffee or something, you know? Yeah. While they're writing the book would have been a nice opportunity because like that section is also where I struggled. But if they'd had some moments where he's just like, Oh, and I brought you this sandwich or like something to show something to show that he's starting to think of her as like someone that he's incorporating into his habits, I think would have been really cute yeah, or even like, oh, you need me to run the grocery store or pick up Diego? Okay, you know. Yeah, this movie, the the pacing in this movie was very strange to me because it's not super, it's not super long. It's about an hour and 45 minutes. Parts of it feel like they last a thousand years. <laughs> yes. 
but I also felt like it could have used some more material. Like I, I felt like it could have used, I felt like the insertion of more would have actually made it feel like less because it might have flowed a little better. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, well, I think the the place to cut is in those early sequences. I think that oh, yeah. those... We don't need... Yes. Yeah, I mean, as much as I will admit, I got a good chuckle at that opening scene with the bookstore clerk. Like, I think you could keep that, but you don't... Actually, honestly, what this movie needs less of is Lucy Punch's character. I feel like you can cut way back on some of those scenes. Um, especially because this movie does not know or understand or care to understand how publishing works. Right. Like, just hand wave it away. Don't, like, try to put a veneer of jargon on I, there. I truly did not know how long of a time span this movie was supposed to take place over. <laughs> Halfway through his book tour, his agent or publisher, was she his, I don't know, Lucy Punch is like, your your tour is so popular they're reprinting your book in the uk and then the next time he talks to her she's like the reprint is doing great and i'm like does this movie know it takes more than a week to publish <laughs> distri distribute and start selling a book i don't think it does i don't think it does like the only time the only kind of frame of reference we get for time is that he's told he has 10 weeks to write the new book but then we don't actually know how long it takes him like does he do it and do they do it in 10 weeks how how long are we what is time right what is space time well and i don't know if like carne i mean this might just be something that like would be known by a lot of people i i don't know if carnival like takes place on a set day so there would be like a you know like how sometimes movies use christmas as a time marker like i don't know if we I were supposed to take that as a sense of time but i mean i guess to be fair we didn't know when we were before that so i isn't carnival also mardi gras so it would also be fat tuesday i don't know and i don't know if it's okay. like the same um, carnival but even so you're right like it's not like we know how long he was in Mexico before that happened. Yeah. Or even how long he was there after it was over. Right. Where in space time are we, Marin? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, this movie does not have a clear timeline. And I think that... I think that's part of what takes kind of this momentum away in the third act is, you know, in the middle when they're hopping between bookstore gigs, you know, we have a sense of at least if not where they are in time, where they are in space <laughs> and uh -huh. that they're moving and there's some momentum. And I think that, yeah, once they start writing, it just kind of falls flat. Talk to me about these romance fans. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, all right. Speaking as someone who has gone to, and granted all virtual, but I've gone to a lot of virtual romance book author events, so I feel like I have at least a small sense of what romance readers talk about and ask questions about. And, oh my god, uh... Was that nothing like what was portrayed in the movie? Um, 
I didn't appreciate that, you know, everyone just wanted to talk about how they use this book as, like, a sex manual. And that he had to, like, sign a woman's person? Like, it, I don't know. It just, and, like, that they DM'd him, like, kind of suggestive things, like, I don't know. Well, that's, that felt true to life. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, I guess I assume authors do get DM'd a lot of stuff, but I don't know. I just was like, as someone who has, again, granted, in virtual format, but as someone who has listened to romance authors speak, has seen romance fans interact with romance authors, that's just not how it works. Like, come on, guys. Well, and I I am a romance dabbler. I I would not presume to call myself like super knowledgeable about it. I enjoy it very much. Um I am sort of baffled that even even if Maria's translation was like that hot, I am baffled that a a romance novel by an author named Henry Copper got to be that successful in mexico like who first of all who buys a romance novel written by a man because frankly they're always terrible um and second of all that does not strike me as the kind of author name that would get much traction in places that are not britain third (laughs) of all that cover is like from 1995 like, what person who reads romance novels is going to look at that clinch cover and be like, ah, yes, this is the hot new book and not something, you know, sitting on my grandmother's shelf from 1995, like a Judith McNutt or Rosemary Rogers. So I don't know anything about the woman who wrote and directed this movie, but do we think there's any chance at all that 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 this was it that that was intentional um maybe i mean maybe it's supposed to be an homage but like here's the thing is i feel like you know rosemary rogers and jews mcnaughts but you know like that kind of old school romance i don't think had a place in the popular like dialogue like I don't think that book would be like number one I guess is what I'm saying um I mean I get I don't know I say that and I'm realizing like some of those books were very you know did publish super well um but I also will be the first to admit that I don't know anything about the publishing or book selling buying scene in Mexico. Right. Exactly. Also that. You know, I can just kind of look at this from an English speaker and an American's point of view and think, I do see the joke that they're, that they're writing with like Sam Claflin being this very buttoned up British man. Like it is funny that, he would become the author of like this best-selling erotica 
in Mexico. And I, I, I kind of think that maybe that's just the joke that it is so improbable right. that this would happen, that that's why it's funny. But then there was also something about that premise that felt very early 2000s to me for reasons I cannot quite articulate. <laughs> well, I think the reasons being that it's there's this very interesting... This movie, on one hand, is saying that romance books are important and giving people both... Like, from the authorial sense, you know, giving authors room to express passion, but then also giving readers something that they can be passionate about is important. So, on one hand, it's saying that. On the other hand, it is absolutely, like, caricaturing these fans and, in some cases, like, seems to kind of look down on them, or at least Henry looks down on them. For liking this and for so much of the movie, we are in his point of view. So there's this really weird tension of like, I think on one hand, this movie wants to celebrate romance novels. And on the other hand, it can't help but shifting into that perspective. And I think it's a very late, I feel like it's a very 90s early 2000s thing to believe that like you can have both you know did we ever see him read her version of his book um well we saw him read I guess we saw him read the fan fiction the graphic novel fan fiction yes. <laughs> which I was like oh okay I think you mean deviant art, but all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that we ever actually saw him sit down and read the whole thing start to finish. That is what I wanted, I mm. think. I wanted him to, and I know her book's in Spanish and he doesn't speak Spanish, but he he also, like, like it is sort of a D storyline that he starts learning Spanish. Right. I wanted him to read her copy of his book and then be like, yours was better. Like, I, I wanted him to acknowledge to her mm. that what she wrote was good. And, like, to to then have the movie make a definitive statement about, like, romance is valuable and what she did was valuable. And she is, like, talented and good at this. And that that is a like recognizable skill yeah and that like the movie is too afraid to come out and not um i think the movie is too steeped like it couldn't imagine a it couldn't imagine henry ever disavowing like the this belief he has that literary fiction uh, is the end-all be-all. Um, and that, like, clearly... Some... Listen. Oh, I am sure that there is good literary fiction out there. I am so deeply not interested in reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it's written by white men. Like... 
I'm sorry. You guys got a thousand years of writing your own stuff. I'm done. <laughs> I um, I was ordering literary fiction for the library the other day, and I made a bet with myself about how many of them are about middle-aged English professors having affairs. Oh, but see, here's the nice part. If you're making those selections, don't buy those. <laughs> many of them I did not. A few of I, I did have to because they had a bunch of holds on them. But I know, and I we have automatically yours set up for like James Patterson and Brad Meltzer and all of them. Although I guess those guys write more genre fiction. They do. I don't know. I'm tired of it. I, I don't want it. Well, and literary, the other wrinkle to this, Martha, is literary fiction is actually very popular in my library. So I have to actually know a little about it because that's like all patrons want to talk about, which is interesting. When we're, when we're not recording, I'll tell you about the new reading challenge I'm running this year that encourages people to read outside of their familiar genres. Ooh. And absolutely none of my chosen themes are going to be heavily... Well, that's not true. I started the year with true crime. Um, but for the most part, the books I am putting on display and the books that I am recommending are not by straight white men or Excellent. about straight white men. Excellent. Um, anywho. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we will definitely need to talk about that off mic. Um, but yeah, getting back to it, I, I, I do think that this movie cannot disavow this, like, just ingrained notion that literary fiction is superior, um, to its detriment. Because I think that also goes hand in hand with, like, not acknowledging that, like, Henry... Henry's got to do some work to, like, be a partner deserving of Maria. Well, and the the movie does say that Henry sucks. It does. Like, it just can't commit enough to say that Maria is better. Yeah. I did just want to briefly mention the pregnant fam. Yeah. Again, going back to how long is this, how long of a time span does this take place over? Because she is pregnant the whole time. Like, very pregnant. Like, eight months pregnant. Like, is this a couple months? Is this her second child? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, and I I think that that the sense of yeah I think we needed especially as we got in and out of the book tour we needed more of a sense of time. Just where are we in space time? Who knows? Anything else that we want to say about Book of Love? Um, well, as I mentioned, I think the visuals were very good. Um, oh, yeah. I think it was very Mexico, well beautiful. Exactly. I think it was well shot. Um, I did also appreciate, and this was more apparent on the second watch, I think they did a really good job with the set design and the costume design. Um, 
I really appreciated. I think they did a nice, um, like they had a lot of continuity to Maria's wardrobe, which made sense. I feel like so often in movies, it's like characters wear a different thing every day. Um, and I liked that it felt very real and lived in that they had her kind of mix and match and stuff throughout the movie. I also I loved agree. her editor's apartment. What's that? I I totally agree. Yeah. I yeah, I also loved or I guess not her editor, the publisher, the Mexican publisher, his apartment. I thought that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was certainly in character. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, that fruit lamp though. I kinda want it. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely outrageous. And I also want it. <laughs> I very much enjoyed when he comes into the room dressed as Julius Caesar. And they're like, where are you? What I said was, why is he dressed like Julius Caesar? A heartbeat before Maria goes, where are you going? So I was very <laughs> glad that she and I were on the same page. <laughs> and he answers with, to see my mother. And the pause goes on just long enough that I'm like... Is that the joke? <laughs> and then he says he's going to Carnival, but I was that I thought that the the timing on that line delivery was A plus excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think and we haven't touched on this, but I think there was a lot of good work by the secondary characters. Like I thought the publisher was very charming. I thought Diego her son was very charming. Um I thought is it her grandpa? Or her dad? Her grandfather. It is her grandfather. Okay, that's... I was sure. Like, I thought he was very sweet, and their interactions were cute. Um, so I think there's a lot of good... Yeah, really? Sam... The, the writing of Sam Claflin's character is really what lets this movie down. I agree. And yeah, I think they could have had way more fun with it and still maintained, like, the integrity or whatever of the role. Yeah. They needed to call Matthew good. As I just rewatched Leap Year. That. That I would have enjoyed. Aw, dang. Like I've never seen Leap Year, but I did just see Silent Night with him and Kira Knightley. Oh. I would have. I would have enjoyed that very much. Okay, well, first of all, you should see Leap Year because it's a terrible movie, but he's great in it. This <laughs> <laughs> um, is actually, I, I okay, I kind of love-hate that movie. I have a love-hate relationship with it. But I feel like the point being, in that movie, Matthew Good, who is very much not a like laid-back, laconical Irishman in most things he plays, plays a laid-back, laconical Irishman, and he's like game. Like, he goes for it. Um... And I feel like he would have brought some of that energy to this role, which desperately needed it. Agree 100%. They should have called Matthew good. <laughs> well, Marin, what would you recommend our readers enjoy after they have finished with Book of Love? Uh, I would enjoy, and apologies if I have recommended this before, I genuinely could not remember, um, but I I think a good corollary to this movie would be Betrayed uh, by Emily Henry, which is a very good um, 
romance novel, uh, kind of about romance novels. Um, and I think there's some of that also, you know, a big theme of it is kind of the tension of literary fiction versus romance. Um, uh, yep. And it's about, yeah, Augustus and January, um, who, uh, kind of make a dare, um, to switch genres. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a, a, a good read and I think, yeah, it kind of deals with some of these same themes. So be treated by Emily Henry. Uh, Martha, what would you recommend? I would recommend the YA novel Fat Chance Charlie Vega by Crystal Maldonado. Uh, this is a book about uh, Charlie, who is a 16-year-old Puerto Rican high schooler growing up in New England, uh, who writes romance online under a pen name. Um, because she is too shy and too self-conscious, she is also a plus-size teen, uh, to really put herself out too out there um, in the real world until... A new classmate, Brian, expresses interest in her, and then she kind of has to figure out how to date in the real world when she has been writing about it in this sort of fantasy space. It is very cute. I highly... Yes, I'm very into it. Um, I love a book with a good plus-size protagonist. Um... And yeah, I just, I really enjoyed reading about Charlie and she is also an author of romance. So mm. that is the, that is the tie. The, that is the connection that I'm drawing between these two, these two properties. If you are looking for more content similar to this, you should check out our sister show. Did you do your homework? Which updates on the same feed as love ya on alternating weeks. Uh, you can check out all of our social media feeds at DYDYH Podcast. Um, I do most of the posting for that, which means that I have not updated our feeds in quite some time because I've lost control of my life. You can follow me individually at Magical Martha on all social media platforms. You can also see me in a limited YouTube series being hosted by a friend of the show, and a friend of mine for like 20 years, which is weird to say out loud, Dan Carlin. Um, I have been guest starring on SOOL Radio talking about all of the Oscar nominees leading up, or all of the Best Picture specifically, Best Picture nominees leading up to the Oscars on March 27th. Marn, where can people find you? Uh, folks can find me on Twitter at A underscore star underscore danced, where I basically only tweet about romance novels these days so if you're interested in that at all feel free to give me a follow sometimes i tweet about pokemon if that is of interest <laughs> to any of our listeners uh we will be back in two weeks talking about a movie that is still to be determined so you know keep an eye out for that announcement uh, Pete, you can leave that in because I don't know when I'm going to decide what we're watching next, but I hope it'll be pretty soon. <laughs> um, Marn has been, as always, a delight discussing this with you. Likewise. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and just remember that we love you.
I feel like I forgot something in that outro, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs>